0: Welcome to another episode of The Breakdown. And today, we're going to talk about media. With the rise of social media, we've seen access to the ability to share information and influence grow in ways that no one could have ever imagined except maybe David Bowie. I don't think we've even seen the tip of the iceberg. I think the potential of what the Internet is going to do to society, both good and bad, is unimaginable. I think we're actually on the cusp of something exhilarating and terrifying. It's just a tool, though, isn't it? No, it's not, no. No, it's an alien life form. What do you think, I mean, (laughs) when you... Think then about the is there life on Mars? Yes, it's just <laughs> landed here, but yeah. that's it's a simply a different delivery system there. You're arguing about something more profound. Oh right? yeah, I'm talking about the, the the actual context and the state of content is going to be so different to anything that we can really envisage at the moment. One of the other things that we've seen has been that certain interest groups have figured out that media and social media are now indistinguishable from each other and can also be used to create and exert tremendous influence. This includes not only the ability to create social and political momentum, but also the ability to raise a lot of money. It's also critically important to recognize that there's a tremendous difference between journalism and punditry. Anyone can call themselves news. There's no requirement for the types of standards, if any, that anyone who calls themselves a reporter or a journalist actually uses when they're creating and presenting stories. Reporter and journalist aren't protected terms. What this means is literally anyone can call themselves a reporter or a journalist or say that they're reporting news. This is a really important detail that a lot of people don't realize because a lot of people assume that people who call themselves journalists or reporters are conducting themselves with a base level of integrity and that they aren't operating with a specific bias or trying to advance a specific agenda. Real journalists have editors and oversight Because when it comes to reporting stories of major significance, having multiple sets of eyes and perspectives is critically important to ensure accuracy and a lack of bias. It's perhaps worth noting, at least one of the writer's personalities for True North has publicly written that they left the conventional practice of journalism because they wanted to operate without editorial control or oversight when they announced a brief stint at the Western Standard before apparently committing to True North. Journalism, real journalism, has standards and practices. The Canadian Association of Journalists has both principles for ethical journalism and ethics guidelines. If you don't strive to follow those basic principles, you really shouldn't present yourself as a journalist. This is why we go out of our way here at The Breakdown to make it clear we aren't journalists. We do commentary and we do satire, but we aren't journalists and we don't want to be mistaken as such. But when it comes to a lot of news organizations, they don't identify their bias or their agenda at all, possibly because it very much suits their needs not to do so. The question that more and more people and consumers of news should be asking is what is the bias and the agenda of whatever news organization whose content they are consuming? Today, we're going to try and ask that question about a media group that has grown exponentially in both reach and influence over the last few years, particularly during the pandemic nationally and in Alberta during the UCP leadership race. So today, we're going to talk about True North. True North goes out of their way to make sure that anyone who comes across their content believes that they're a legitimate news organization. Their website is literally www.tnc.news. Their description on their website reads, True North is a Canadian digital media platform that seeks to provide Canadians with fair, accurate, truthful, and fact-based news reports, analysis, investigative reports, podcasts, interviews, and documentaries. Nowhere in that descriptor does it include the undeniable reality that a tremendous number of True North articles include a stunning amount of editorialization or opinion. Looking at this story alone, the amount of editorializing and opinion is pretty impressive. The fact that True North has a regular show called Fake News Friday should be viewed as deeply problematic because the immediate implication is that anything that's discussed on the show is fake news. The fact that this particular example includes an open attack on legacy media, which in turn works to delegitimize any news outlet other than what True North serves up, and a direct attack on the CBC and the legitimacy of their reporting should at least give people pause. In fact, if you go through True North's reporting on just Danielle Smith, the bias that they have quickly becomes increasingly clear. Let's take a look at this story from January 23rd, 2023. On the search of emails in the wake of the scandal surrounding Daniel Smith's office allegedly attempting to influence Crown Prosecutors' prosecutorial decisions, titled, Alberta Government Review Finds No Evidence of Claims Made in CBC Story. To be clear, if Smith was directing or trying to influence the decisions that Crown Prosecutors make, not only would that be wildly unethical and arguably illegal, but no one wants to live under a government that gets to decide which of their political friends and enemies get prosecuted and which ones don't. Nonetheless, the article presents the most positive interpretation of the search and makes no mention of the fact that it didn't include emails deleted more than 30 days ago, that it only included government emails, not communication outside of government emails, or that the terms of the search were never publicly provided. By most accounts, the search was performative and grossly incomplete, but here's True North presenting it without any of those flaws and backing up Smith's narrative unquestioningly, which is actually pretty consistent for True North and the reporter, writer who wrote this story in particular. It's incredibly hard to find a story by True North or that writer that is in any way critical of Smith. Most of the time, the stories present Smith and her endless scandals in the best possible light while simultaneously, subtly, or overtly working to discredit the source that's bringing those scandals to light. In fact, one of the things that made us pay particular attention to True North was the fact that during the UCP leadership race, they seemed to have pretty much unlimited access to Smith for interviews and comments at times when Smith was barely interacting with legitimate, unbiased journalists at all. Which brings us to the biggest question of this episode. What's the story with True North? Let's start with the main figure behind True North, Candace Malcolm. According to True North, Candace Malcolm is a best-selling author, investigative journalist, nationally syndicated columnist with the Toronto Sun, and the founder and editor-in-chief of True North. She has reported from war zones, broken news stories that have made headlines worldwide, and exposed major terrorist networks operating in Canada. Born and raised in Vancouver, B.C., Candice has two master's degrees, has traveled all over the world, and is married with two little kids. But as you might expect, there's a bit more to Candace's background than is included in that brief bio. According to what appears to be her LinkedIn, she is indeed the founder of True North, but there's a lot more going on there as well. Let's work our way from earliest to latest, starting in 2010 and moving up from there, because 2010 certainly seems to be relevant to what we're talking about today. From 2010 to 2012, Candace was a special assistant working for the Wild Rose Party. Her job description, by her own words, included working on the 2012 provincial election. Strategic communications, social media coordinator, photographer, traveled throughout Alberta on the leaders' tour bus. So from the very beginning of her political career, Candace was already working extremely close with Danielle Smith, including riding on the leaders' tour bus. But Candace wasn't the only political staffer who cut her teeth working with Smith and the Wild Rose during that election. From a 2012 article in The Star, a team of young conservative upstarts were brought in to put a sharper edge on the Wild Rose campaign. That included Candace Malcolm, but also Ryan Sparrow, Brock Harrison, William McBeath, and Ryan Hastman. There's definitely a few more than familiar names in that bunch, but there is at least one other one that's particularly relevant to True North. And that's William McBeath. More on him in a bit. From there, Candace's career went straight up, and she became the federal press secretary to the Minister of Citizenship, Immigration, and Multiculturalism from May of 2011 to April 2012. Hey, who was the minister during that period? Oh, right, this guy, Jason Kenny. And were there any major scandals in Kenny's office during that period? You bet there were. In October of 2011, the Sun News Network, a now catastrophically failed right-wing news channel who had Ezra Levant as one of their core personalities, orchestrated a fake citizenship ceremony live on air. To make a very long story short, Sun News had requested a citizenship ceremony and were told they could have a reaffirmation of a citizenship ceremony, but they didn't get enough people to show up. So legislative staffers also took the oath, while Sun News hosts presented it as an actual citizenship ceremony and congratulations to all the new canadians here 10 of you here news broke of the fake publicity stunt that some argued was to help sun news appear more legitimate and both sun news and kenny's office went into full spin and who was the press secretary who appeared on sun news to spin that's right candace malcolm who appeared in february of 2012 to apologize to sun news We're very apologetic and very sorry that this happened. It shouldn't have happened. It would seem that both of us have a little bit of uh, egg on our face. The irony of this is that many people accuse Sun News Network as acting as the state broadcaster for the conservative government. It seems that even back then, there may have been those who recognized that having a media organization that presents itself as a legitimate journalistic entity, unabashedly backing the government of the day, had tremendous value. Well, I guess now we know who the real state broadcaster is. It's a big debate we've had, and I think that issue is now resolved. I thought the other interesting thing was it further illustrated how Sun TV and the whole Sun Media operation is really at the service of the government. They even put their, they put their studios at the service of the government. Malcolm left her work in Kenny's office shortly after the scandal broke and immediately landed herself at a gig at, wait for it, Sun News Network as director of research. But as we said earlier, the Sun News Network was a financial train wreck and lost millions. In 2013 alone, they lost $14.8 million, and it became increasingly obvious that the right-wing network was doomed to failure. Candace got out before their last broadcast in February of 2015 and transitioned to a role as a columnist for Sun Media, as well as taking on the role of the Ontario Director for the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Candace Malcolm is also the president of a social conservative secret society type thing called Project Civitas, who hosts events with the far right of the far right, providing presentations and discussions. More on them in a bit. Because with that, it brings us to True North. In 1994, a charity called the Independent Immigration Aid Association was established to help new immigrants in Vancouver navigate being in Canada but something weird happened in 2017. In 2017, the board of that organization was taken over by three people. William McBeath, the director of training and marketing for the right-wing Manning Center for Building Democracy, Aaron Schuster, an Edmonton lawyer, and in an apparent answer to the question, what do you get the wife who has everything, Kaz Nazashin, a former staffer for United Conservative Party leader, Jason Kenney, and husband to Candace Malcolm. The previous director of that charity told news outlet Press Progress that he agreed to transfer control of the registered charity to Candace and her husband after they told him that they wanted to use it to do research into immigration. But what happened was the charity was officially renamed to the True North Center for Public Policy and apparently received sizable donations from longtime conservative donors as a startup. What's particularly interesting, though, Despite the fact that the True North Center for Public Policy didn't exist until 2017, True North's Twitter account was actually created in 2015. And their Facebook page was created in 2016 under the name True North Initiative. The website True North Initiative was registered in 2015 as well. Remember that for later. There are no records of any tweets from that Twitter account prior to December 2017, which is a super weird coincidence that control was taken over of the charity in December of 2017. What tweets do exist in December of 2017 right after that takeover are almost all signal-boosting articles written by Candace Malcolm and True North stalwart Anthony Fury, which is totally on brand for an immigration charity. So despite the Twitter account having existed for two years, it almost seems as if the account's timeline was purged when True North bought, acquired its charitable organization status. There are a lot of benefits to running a charity as opposed to running a business. Being able to offer tax receipts for donations is a big help for fundraising. But the write-offs and exemptions that exist for charitable organizations are far too many for us to list here. But what do they do? From their website. True North is a Canadian digital media platform that seeks to provide Canadians with fair, accurate, truthful, and fact-based news reports, analysis, investigative reports, podcasts, interviews, and documentaries. Its parent group, True North Centre for Public Policy, is an independent, non-governmental, non-partisan think tank and public policy organization that conducts research and investigative journalism on important public issues in Canada, including but not limited to immigration, integration, and national security. It is a registered Canadian charity. Now, there have been a lot of people who have asked for details on what kind of charitable work the True North Centre for Public Policy has done, but those details, outside of their journalism, aren't readily available. In the filings by True North to the Canadian Revenue Agency, they list their charity work as vaguely public policy research on issues related to immigration, integration, and national security. In 2021, they raised almost $2 million in revenue and reported $1.5 million in expenses, with $1.3 million going towards charitable expenses. But here's what's weird about that. They also list their total compensation for all employees as being almost $700,000. That's an expense. Which forces the question, is True North counting what it pays its various reporters as part of its charitable programs? A closer look at their expenses sure makes it seem that way, at least to the untrained eye. Because of the just over $1.5 million the True North lists as expenses, it only lists $478,057 as being allocated to research and contract services. The balance of that roughly $1 million left over, that's their employees and day-to-day costs. 13 of the 15 employees listed on their website seem to be reporters. What's really weird, is that is actually a huge number for research when you consider two things. Reporters are literally paid to do research. That's what a reporter's job is, finding stories and researching them. We spoke to a few reporters from both large and small newsrooms, confidentially, who were very clear a reporter's job is research. Aside from salary, the biggest costs in most newsrooms when it comes to research are document requests. And the costs of those are often in the neighborhood of 20s, even sometimes 30s of dollars. When we asked these same journalists how a media organization could spend half a million dollars in researching immigration, integration, and national security, their answer was pretty much, no idea, that's insane. But to get an even better idea, we spoke to a few post-secondary institutions to get an idea of what the budget is for a political science department that teaches and does high-quality research into the same things that True North claims to do. We were told the budget for an entire political science department would be in the neighborhood of one million, and that's including the wages. True North's Ambiguous research and contract services alone is almost half that, and their wages are $700,000. The kicker we can't find any published research that they've produced. What's even weirder? The Strong and Free Network, which used to be the Manning Center, is a conservative think tank that does research. Guess what? They're not a charitable organization another group that seems to share a lot in common with True North, but that isn't a charity, although they probably wish they could be, The Rebel. So a comparable conservative think tank isn't a charity, and a comparable conservative media outlet isn't a charity. But True North somehow still is. And what's really wild is that True North appears to claim advertising as part of their charitable expenses. So we thought... Let's take a look at some of that charitable advertising. It's a little weird to pay for a promotion of a post that shows the prime minister being mobbed, but there's something else interesting that's going on with some of these ads. A lot of them aren't actually advertising for True North. They're using the True North advertising and platform and dollars to push people to an entirely different organization called the True Blue Initiative. So what's the True Blue Initiative? Well, it's a not-for-profit corporation, not a charity, that was created in 2015 by Candace Malcolm, who's the sole director under the name True North Initiative, before she and her husband and the new board acquired that charity. And in 2021, the name was changed from True North Initiative to true blue initiative their website it's just a collection of data mining petitions no identifying information no about no privacy policy nothing like that petitions calling for the cbc to be be defunded and signal boosting true north because of course that's what the petitions would be so just to be clear candace malcolm created the true north initiative in 2015 the facebook page for True North News was originally called the True North Initiative in 2016. The Twitter account that True North News currently uses was created around the same time as the True North Initiative. In 2021, Malcolm changed the corporate name of the True North Initiative, which is a separate company from True North News, to the True Blue Initiative, and True North News has been advertising True Blue petitions with their money that they received as donations because they're a charitable organization. It looks like True North News could appear to be fronting advertising money for a separate corporation that does data mining petitions and doesn't even have a privacy policy for the petitions or their website. Wonder what they do with all that personal data they collect. So is True North also claiming that their brand of partisan reporting that is demonstrably biased is charity work? We're neither financial experts or, as we've said elsewhere, journalists, but it certainly looks like True North could be using its acquired status as a charitable organization to front building a media empire. Which would be really wild, because in a 2019 Press Progress story, Press Progress wrote that, CRA said that operating a media organization through a charity is not allowed under current charity law, except in very limited circumstances. Currently in Canada, journalism is not recognized as a charitable purpose in its own right, a CRA spokesperson told Press Progress. There is a list of journalistic organizations that have been recognized as having charitable elements by the government and that are allowed to issue tax-claimable donation receipts. We checked that federal list of registered journalism organizations, and oddly, True North doesn't appear to be on it. We also went looking for any peer-reviewed published research or any published research reports, but the only public face of the True North Centre for Public Policy that we could find is the trc.news website, and despite looking for hours, we couldn't find any mention of any charitable works on there. We did ask both True North and Candace Malcolm where we could find a detailed list of their charitable works, but despite their prolific and omnipresent Twitter presence, we didn't get a response. It's also worth noting that as of 2020, the original lawyer who was part of the charity takeover appears to have been replaced by Ontario lawyer Jessica Curtis A few other side notes. In 2019, True North and Rebel News were denied accreditation by the Parliamentary Press Gallery for federal leader debates and ended up taking the issue to court where they were granted access because of irreparable harm of not being allowed to cover the debates. Out of that same situation, though, Candace Malcolm decided to start her own press gallery, the Independent Press Gallery, another not-for-profit organization. The director of the Independent Press Gallery? William McBeath. Presumably the same William McBeath that is on the board of directors for True North. So what's William McBeath's background? Well, a LinkedIn currently lists him as the chief operating officer of True North. Before that, director of training and marketing for far-right think tank, the Manning Center for Building Democracy. And before that, from 2010 to 2014, it looks like Billy was in a number of roles with, you guessed it, Daniel Smith's Wild Rose. So, with the founder of True North, having worked with Daniel Smith's Wild Rose, and the current chief operating officer of True North, who also sits on the board of directors for True North, also having worked for Daniel Smith's Wild Rose, and with some people saying that in many ways True North operates as the positive propaganda arm of the Smith government, we decided that we needed to look up the contact information for True North and head to their offices, ask them some questions, in one of the first field pieces the breakdown has done in a while. (laughs) Calgary, Alberta. To many, Calgary is the economic heart of the province of Alberta. To some, the heartbeat of Canada. Definitely more important than Toronto. Those people can't even find a cactus club. It's in the center of economic power of the world that True North News makes their home at Suite 485, 1811, 4th Street, Southwest. We began our journey to what we could only imagine was a shining glass tower of truth and freedom starting route to 1811 4th Street Southwest. I even ditched the ball cap to make sure that I would blend in as best as I could with the media elites that I imagined called the halls of True North's sprawling corporate offices home. But even with all of the collective powers of imagination, there was no way that we could have been prepared for the paradigm of inspiring cutting edge architecture that met us when we arrived. Really? Hello. Hello. I'm curious, where's your elevator? We don't have an elevator. You don't have an elevator? If I was looking for suite 45, 1811 4th Street Road, i find that. 45? You don't have 45. 485? 485? Yeah. Is that the mailbox right here? Yeah. Yeah, that's the mailbox. Okay. I'm looking for an office. They don't have It's just a mailing address. This is just mailing addresses? Okay. So there's nobody actually in in there? No? Okay. It's just a 485 box. Okay. So no, no elevator to a fourth floor, or a ninth floor, or anything like that? Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good day. While we were there, though, we had heard that the offices for the Independent Press Gallery were also nearby, so if we figured we would check them out as well. Really? The True Blue Initiative? Starting walking directions to 1811 4th Street Southwest. Arrived. The Alberta Parents Union? Really? The Alberta Institute? Really? Project Confederation? Arrived. Project Civitas? The secret organization that hosted an event in Calgary last year that Candace Malcolm is the president of and had Danielle Smith and John Carpage speakers on COVID and Preston Manning on embracing populism? Really? Our last chance was a visit to the office of the Free Alberta Strategy, the architects of Danielle Smith's leadership campaign, the crafters of the Free Alberta Strategy, a document so fundamental to Smith's administration that she made one of its authors, Rob Anderson, the executive director of Danielle Smith's office for the premier. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. As the sun began to set on the corporate headquarters of all of those organizations, We found ourselves leaving with more questions than answers. Starting walking directions to 1811 Street, Southwest. Arrived. So, there you have it. True North exists out of a post office box in a UPS store in downtown Calgary that conveniently appears to serve as the corporate headquarters for a boatload of other conservative organizations. They're a registered charity because they took over a charity that provided immigration supports to new Canadians in Vancouver. And both the founder of True North and chief operating officer of True North have long and deep ties to Smith and her government. Weird how they never really talk about those things with their audience. One last note. In the article by the host of True North's Alberta Roundup that we mentioned earlier, she cited one of the reasons that she loved moving to the Western Standard was that the Western Standard is impeccably independent, refusing to accept the federal media bailout subsidy. She wrote that article before she left the Western Standard and moved to True North. Want to guess... Which organization was listed as taking advantage of the federal COVID relief program, the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy, despite showing significant revenues over expenditures year over year? Yup, True north. Principles, right? Now, we want to be very clear here. We aren't journalists or tax experts. and We're definitely not saying anything other than to our eyes, there are a lot of questions as to how... True North conducts its charitable endeavors and where the overlap is between charity, media work, and advocacy. Because to our completely non-expert eyes, that line might be a little blurred. With all of that being said, if you enjoy the kind of content that we're trying to produce here at The Breakdown, we would love nothing more than if you considered signing up to be one of our Patreon sponsors at www.patreon.com slash TheBreakdownAB, where for just the price of a fancy cup of coffee a month, you can help us continue to produce the kind of content that we do. We just can't and won't issue you a tax receipt. You might get a sticker, though. You will. You'll get a sticker.